With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Blue Wire. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the last. It's over! It's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some ribbon. And he got it! Young Rome continues to wear him up! Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Carter is once again harassing people over Xbox microphones. I, I think that's what he does for work. I'm not 100% sure. So with me today, filling in, is host of the Eurostep podcast, my friend. And I, I don't know, is this your third, fourth time? You, you've been on a few times. Ty Windish, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I feel like, I, I know I haven't made the most appearances, but I feel like uh, among not like profoundly non-Cavs people, I might be number one, and I take some uh, a real honor in that. And I'm real good because I just found out I have the same profession profession as Carter. We do the same thing professionally, so that's good news. I also yell at people online a lot. <laughs> you definitely do. I, I think you're on the Mount Rushmore uh, for Chase Down co-hosts, and and uh, I, I do really appreciate your time. As I mentioned, people. Uh, Ty is also part of the Blue Wire Network, Eurostep podcast. I do have a question for you, though. It is spelled Euro, like gyro, not E-U-R-O. Did you have any concerns that knuckle draggers and mouth breathers like myself would have a little trouble finding that? We definitely did. I feel like I over-explain it when I tell people about it. I'm like, it's like Eurostep like a Giannis Euro, so it's like G-Y-R-O, and 99% of the time people go, yeah, I got it. Like, you didn't need to do that. I'm not an idiot. So <laughs> either I don't talk to that many mouth, breather, mouth breathers or the mouth breathers have, like, taken steps forward that we weren't aware of. But people have been pretty good at getting it so far, which I'm pretty excited about. People, I, I, like I, I say, the one, it's, kind of, it's almost a double-edged sword, though, the name, because it's so good. People compliment the name way more than they compliment the podcast. Every time we share it and somebody new like listens or becomes aware, it's like, wow, this podcast has a great name. I'm like, yeah, I hope the content catches up someday. <laughs> and someday it will. Yeah, Euro and the Euro slash gyro thing, I feel that's up there with the faux and fa. Because I, I know it, it's fa, but like even next to my work, there's a uh, faux mama's house. And mm. like the pun doesn't work. 
as well when when you're pronouncing it properly but i just wanted to make sure that people knew exactly how to search it up because uh you you do do a good podcast it's not as good as the name yet but i I have confidence that you're going to get there someday i'll keep working on it just for you justin thank you thank you so much And, and to all our listeners Make sure you are subscribing and checking that out. You can also um, find all the Blue Wire podcasts by going to bluewirepods.com. It's got a list of all the basketball, football podcasts. You can also check out the merchandise. You might want to check out our Sexland shirt that we have, as well as Ty's awesome Eurostep shirt, which uh, is kind of a play on the OVO logo. If if you're a Bucks fan, trust me, you're really going to want this one. No, I, I've so I'm a Bucks fan, sort of, and I've got one like already in the mail. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, even though it is quote, sort of my shirt. But yeah, it's a big OVO themes. Uh, I walk through five serve with the Euro step. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a lot of people tell me I can't listen to Drake anymore after the Eastern Conference Finals, but I got over it. Like I think you just have to get over things. Like Drake could become a Bucks fan at some point. There's no. I was about to say, Drake. even Drake isn't loyal to his sports takes. Exactly. So why why would you have to be loyal to hate on Drake? Um, the the Cavs did lose to the Bucks. Um, unfortunately, a Kyle Korver three late in the game um, made it so that the Cavs are no longer undefeated against the spread. Uh, good teams win, great teams cover, and the the Cavs. I, I guess they are on their way to becoming a great team because. Uh, they they just couldn't couldn't cover that fifteen point spread. Uh, Ty, what was your thoughts on that game? I'm I'm assuming that was probably the first time you've got a good look at the Cavs this season. Uh, that is correct. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, they they impressed me early. I know this is something you've talked about a bit already, uh, not on this podcast, but just like generally other places. The terrific chase down Discord, one of them, but like the Cavs bench units didn't really do any favors. I mean, Jordan Clarkson's plus minus just an abomination but I mean early on Cleveland really did hang in there this was a close game at like I mean after the first quarter the Cavs actually led one the Bucks come back and sort of take it from there uh win in the next three quarters including the second quarter by eight points which kind of took it away but there were still moments in the third quarter where it was close and like I mean no offense to the Cleveland Cavaliers but this game just should not have been that close like Milwaukee's talent is at such a high level there's no, like, long forwards who should be capable of guarding Giannis on the Cavs roster. Right. Uh, Tristan Thompson did a, a pretty admirable job of it. But mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, there's, I have a lot of Bucks frustrations so far this season that despite a 2 and one start, I think they've played probably not even, maybe one or two, like, really solid, good full quarters of basketball, which is not ideal, not really what I wanted to see coming into this season, but – the Cavs did look good. I like the way Darius Garland looks, even though like his numbers aren't great yet. I feel like a rookie point guard, you kind of just throw that stuff away and just watch the kid. Right. And his numbers have been good. Like and and I mean, so not his numbers, but like the watching him has been fun. And those step backs you talked, yeah, I see you guys talk about a lot. Those step backs look crispy. Like I think this kid can play. Yeah, he he makes a lot of really good decisions, and and the impressive thing to me, I, I know, uh, and I agree with your statement that the the Bucks aren't playing at their potential just yet, um, which is understandable. You, you you're coming off their first real deep playoff run uh, of the Giannis tenure. Um, it, it takes some time to kind of get back into that rhythm. They do have some new faces in there as well, um, but the the way that the Cavs are performing against three straight good defenses and big long teams. Uh, it's impressive. Uh, and the fact that the Cavs hung around as long as they did, um, cutting it to five in the fourth quarter there, 
um, was impressive to me, especially when you consider that Giannis basically made the decision that he was going to take Kevin Love out of this game. I, I know he finished with 15 and 16, but he just wasn't involved in the same way that he was against Indiana. And, and that's what happens when the arguably the best player in the game and, and the best offensive player in the game uh, decides, hey, I'm just going to take this guy away. Yeah, it does. But unfortunately, you know, I, I felt like Giannis took himself out of, out of a lot of this game. Just these line, these straight line drives, right, at Tristan Thompson over and over and over again. Like, yeah, some of them end up being scores just because Giannis is that damn good. Like, it, it shouldn't ever work. It does sometimes. He still gets 14 points, which, I mean, less than Kevin Love. Although he did only play 29 minutes in this game. But misses 10 of his 15 shots and just – that's just making it easy for the defense. I mean – I, I was about to say, so yeah. looking at my game notes, because every, every game I, I have my Google Docs open and I do my game notes um, so that I can keep track of things. And I have a note here. Buck's not trying to get Giannis in matchups versus guards. WTF. Ugh. Yeah. Like, um, Tristan did a very good job on Giannis, in my opinion, um, considering it's Tristan Thompson versus Giannis. And, and Larry Nance did as well, but it really did seem like the, the Bucks were making things a little bit too easy for those guys or, or not really throwing wrinkles. And credit to the Cavs and, and John Bayline uh, for having a game plan in place this early that requires a wrinkle and a change of game plan from the Bucks. Um, but it, it was a little bit baffling that you didn't really see those adjustments from them. No, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's, I, I've had other people say, like, oh, like, the Bucks aren't going to game plan for the Cavs. Like, they can just win. And, and they did, right. and I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's valid. But, like, this isn't, like, a detailed, like, strategic initiative that is, like, Cavs-specific. Like, if you have a center guarding Giannis, you should not just run Giannis into the guy. You should run a pick-and-roll action with whoever Colin Sexton is guarding or whoever. Like, make things difficult for the other team. Make things mm-hmm. easier for your team. That The one place you can do that is offense. That's where you can dictate sw- uh, who you're going to attack and pick and roll or whatever else, screens, whatever you want to call it. They just refused to do it this game, and it drove me crazy. I don't know if it was just like whatever, it's the Cavs, we can win. I don't know if it just – I don't know. I don't, I don't really know why. I don't have a reason why. I'm not – I don't – unfortunately, don't, I'm not with this team. I don't get to ask coaches right. and players questions and stuff. But it, it was kind of mind-boggling to me just because – you know, Tristan Thompson and Larry Dance did a good job because I—I I mean, not just because, but they were put in a very good position by the Bucks to do a good job defending Giannis, and that's just something that I just don't—I don't know how you let that happen if you're Milwaukee. And I, I completely agree. And um, unfortunately for the Cavs, they didn't really have tons of adjustments to make. Uh, the starting lineup did a good job. They—they they played 13 minutes against the Bucks. Uh, Milwaukee only outscored them by one point over that time, um, and. What I really like about what the Cavs are doing early on is it seems they always seem to have some veterans out there to make things easier. Um, right now, the the Sexland duo doesn't have the greatest net rating together when you're looking at the two-man lineups. I believe they're a minus 11. But with that starting five, they have a plus 19 net rating over the season. Uh, or sorry, not uh, plus 11.9. I'm very dyslexic. Um, <laughs> But still, that, that's very good, especially when you're considering that they've played three good playoff teams um, to, to start the season. And having those veterans there to help minimize the mistakes is great. Uh, with the second unit, you have Matthew Delavidova and Larry Nance Jr. that kind of fulfill that role. Unfortunately, with John Henson being out, um, the Cavs have to go to that no center lineup with Nance and Love. Uh, that, that 
hasn't quite meshed, and I think some of that is amplified by playing with Kevin Porter Jr. and playing with Jordan Clarkson. But overall, I, I do like kind of the rotations early on from Bayline. Yeah, and I think part of that is helped just by this team. You know, there's a lot of talk about how the roster is not ideal here, mostly focusing on like the lack of wings. But I think one of the things that's kind of nice about this young team and the way the roster is built is pretty much all the big guys have been in the NBA for a while. Right. Nance, not as long as the other two, but Larry Nance has some years under him. I mean, he's on his second contract now. He's not, yeah. I wouldn't consider him a very young guy. So he's he only a year younger to, than Tristan, right? A prob- that would be a you question more than a me oh, question. Oh, jeez. Sorry, that, that, was, that was rhetorical. Yeah, oh, okay. he, he's, okay. a, he's a yeah. year younger than Tristan, same age as Buddy Heald. Okay. <laughs> 60 um <laughs> no but uh it, it's kind of nice though it's kind of built in i mean it's no, no not to take anything away from the the Cavs and bayline and the coaching staff but it, it's easy for them to uh keep those veterans on the floor at least at least one of the position groups is going to have a guy who generally knows what he's doing and i think henson being back will help for sure with that larry nance impressed me in this game not to mm-hmm. single out one player too much who i don't know maybe not the biggest Cavs talking point but i, I guess he matters but uh, second leading bench scorer, and those corner threes looked all right. I remember in my research for this, reading some divided opinions on if he could shoot, if if he couldn't shoot. By research for this, I just mean like reading the Discord. But uh, <laughs> the shot looked pretty good, and he buried two threes, two out of four attempts. So I I thought pretty solid game for Larry Nance Jr. Obviously, you know, not defensively when he's asked to protect the rim. I don't think that's just something he can do. But there's there's something there at the four with him. I, I completely agree, and th- I think John Henson is actually a really good pairing for him because by Cavs standards, he is a good rim protector, and he's somebody <laughs> he, he's someone that can theoretically kind of space the floor, if not but, uh, at the three-point line, then at least kind of that deeper two where he's getting out of the way. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I'd like to see more of from Larry Nance kind of playing the five offensively and the the four defensively. Obviously, you can't do that when you don't have a backup center on the roster. But offensively, he should still be that kind of rim-running guy. Yeah. I think it uh, makes use of his ability as a passer a little bit more. And I, I'd like to see more of that with the second unit, um, especially because when he isn't creating in that way, it really does make it makes it too easy for them to fall into Jordan Clarkson or Kevin Porter Jr. hero ball. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, uh, just as you were talking about it, I'm thinking like, yeah, the his body type and his skill set and everything. Like, if you could get him doing some Montrez Harrell stuff, that that could be pretty fun, and and I think it'd make him a lot more of a useful player offensively. I mean, just that get him barreling toward the rim, use that passing ability. And, you know, if, if he gets that down as more of a legitimate threat, then you also get the opportunity to, you know, now that he can shoot a little bit, have him pop out on some of those looks too when the defenses are ready for him to drop. It just it gives you a lot more options to spice things up and, like you said, kind of avoids the Jordan Clarkson eight dribbles and, and pull up from 18 feet thing, which is not exactly Maury Ball. Yeah, it's not ideal, and this was a tough game for Kevin Porter Jr., I think probably his worst game. He still he plays better team basketball than I anticipated, and he he's further along than I, I expected as well because he is very young even for a rookie. Um, but I, I think he still kind of does need some time. I, I think he's getting more minutes than he's ready for right away. I think he needs time practicing with the team, uh, working on his jump shot because the the moves to get the space are there but the the finishing just isn't and i anticipate when dylan windler comes back um that 
uh, Porter Jr. is going to lose his minutes. He's going to kind of be the, the primary guy that loses some time, at least until you start to see um, trades for some of the veterans getting off the team, whether it be Jordan Clarkson or, or Brandon Knight or, or Matthew Della Vadova. Do you think if, if Tristan Thompson keeps this hot start up and continues looking like an incredibly effective two-way center that, that he could end up getting moved as well? I, I think um, regardless of how he plays, I think there was going to be some market for him. Um, my whole thing with him, especially as an expiring, is they, they need to be in communication with him, finding out where he's at mentally. Um, I think it does help to have Darius Garland as another clutch client um, on the team uh, in terms of if they want to retain him, I, I think that makes it a little more feasible. I think Larry Nance moving to the four full time and, and basically saying, Hey, I I'm not big enough to be a center. I'm only six, seven. Um, <laughs> the, I, I was being asked to do a little bit too much there. Um, I think that also kind of helps make a case for keeping them together. Um, and I, I mentioned this before, but he's Tristan's only a year older than buddy healed and the Kings kept, Buddy Heald because of how well he fits with Fox, how well he fits within the system. And Tristan really does make things easier for Saxland. Um, and if he's willing to stay on a reasonable contract, I, I think I, I would be open to extending him. Um, I, I think it would make a lot of sense because he, he does fit in. And um, I, I don't think you can look at team building from a 10-year view. I think you have to do it two, three, maybe tops five years at a time which he certainly fits into that window yeah and even if you do this summer let's say that a nice big falls to cleveland in the draft wherever wherever the Cavs are picking i mean it's not like you need to move tt out of the way to get that guy playing time i mean just playing behind him you know have a have someone for him to learn from i think there's real value in that too i mean Right, it's not like they're going to be up against the cap moving forward. They they have fifty no. million dollars in space, and and they're not exactly a a dream destination. No, um, no, I would agree with that. So yeah, I, I don't I don't see anything. I just so you, so I guess your read of it then, and I th- I think that makes sense. Is like if somebody calls and and gives you a really nice offer for Tristan Thompson, you're probably going to take it. But the Cavs aren't out here. I don't think they're like this with really anyone. They're not out here like we need to move this guy. Like we're going to make calls like this guy's out of here. Like, I, I just don't like from what, from my outside perspective, it doesn't seem like there's really any pressure on them to go out and proactively make a move. No. And especially because this team does seem to get along. They, they, they seem to want to be there. Um, and right now, I mean, you, you saw it with how they didn't just kind of roll over against the bucks and they didn't against the magic and they didn't against the Pacers. I, I, I think they think that they're a better team than the consensus. And, uh, they they want to go out there and prove people wrong. And um, while I, I still don't really think that this is a team that can make the playoffs, I, I think uh, maybe they can be overachievers and kind of work towards building together. And, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Um, I, I mentioned how you can't really view team building as too long-term. Um, obviously, the Bucks had uh, some change with the roster this season, um, losing Brogdon, kind of being the the main headline uh, for a lot of people there, bringing in Lopez, bringing in Corver, bringing in Matthews. Overall, how do you feel that this team stacks up compared to last year's version of the Bucks? I think they might actually be a little bit better, which is going to sound crazy to people and, and just very optimistic. But honestly, I've been very encouraged by the way Wes Matthews has played. 
Uh, he led the Bucks with a plus 21 in last night's game. And, and basically, like, I was looking through some of their two-man and five-man group lineups and, and the plus-minus data. And, like, one of the key themes has been a lot of the Wes Matthews groupings have been good. He just – he does more than I thought he would. He's been really effective attacking the basket as well as pulling from three and, and a lot – a really quick trigger. Um, I tweeted last night that it seems right now that Wes probably should have gotten the Robin Lopez deal and Robin Lopez should have gotten Vetman because Robin Lopez has not looked good. Um, <laughs> last, the, the Cavs game, two turnovers, three fouls, two points, one rebound. So those it, are not – It exactly hurt me as a Rolo Stan. I, I really do like him. I like him too. I, I, I wanted – I want better from him. I, I shouldn't say wanted. We're three games into the damn year. But I just so far I haven't been impressed with the way he's played. But I, I, I think he could certainly turn it around. But – uh, I think Wes is nearly as good as Brogdon, about as good as Brogdon. I think he'll be r- almost there. Mm-hmm. And then I think getting Korver on the bench is huge. Like Kyle Korver has impressed the hell out of me in these games. Because honestly, like I tweeted it at one point. I got to stop saying the phrase. I tweeted it. Like there was a sequence I was watching, though, in the Cavaliers game where he just defended his ass off like a couple of different guys on the same position and really working and didn't give up a good shot. And I was like, oh, he's, he's probably going to survive on that end. And then on the other side, it's just like, he gets this iota of space. It's just a three that's good. I mean, he took three shots against Cleveland. All threes all, all made. It's it's ridiculous. And each one of them really hurt. Hey, it was when the yeah. Cavs were trying to make a run. And that's just like, that's something that where Brogdon kind of that guy at times, but the Bucks could always have used more guys where you can just say like the other teams just can't leave him open. Like to surround a team with Giannis or to, to build the right team around Giannis, you just need more of those guys. And now between – Matthews, Middleton, and Corver. There's three of them for sure where you just cannot leave those guys open. You're giving up too good of a look. So I think they could be a little bit better, and it, it helps that – I mean, it's early. Like I said, it's three games. But Pat Connaughton is playing his tail off, and he has been excellent this season. And it's not just like an unsustainably high rate of three-point shots falling. I think his decision-making has gotten a lot better. On defense last year, my thing against Pat was he just always jumped. Like no matter what was happening – he was going to jump and like go for a block or a deflection or whatever. And, of course, that puts him in the wrong position all the time. He's looked a lot more disciplined this year. I mean, against the Cavs, he makes four out of five threes. He really kept the Bucks alive at points in that game, which sounds kind of wild. He and was showing out in front of points. his old, old coach in Bayline too, eh? What? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Was uh, that, wait, did Bayline coach at Notre Dame? Oh, wait. Then, okay, I'm blaming the Cavs broadcast on that because I, I thought Let they said check. that. I thought they said that uh, that was his, his old coach, Pat Connaughton, right? Yeah, Pat Connaughton. Oh, this is uh, this is my very yeah, favorite. Yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Okay, well then they lied to me. They lied to me, or I, I didn't listen properly. I, I was drinking tequila. I'm all about tequila <laughs> soda right now. Uh, that that's I've been, never had a tequila soda. I had never had it either, and I bought. There was a deal on a good tequila, and I, I got. Uh, I just googled. I was like, "What's good to mix with it?" And I had a bunch of soda laying around. It's pretty nice. I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan. I'm gonna uh, check I, that out of the bar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it the Justin Rowan, though. There, <laughs> there you go. I, I, you know what? I'm going to just accept the blame there. It's, it's a rare thing for me, but because it's you and not Carter, I, I think I am okay with that. The other <laughs> thing with adding Corver is it definitely makes the Bucks more handsome, and, and that's a big yes. deal, right? Yes. Although I, I mean, you won't you won't catch me saying there's a single Milwaukee Buck who isn't a perfect ten. Corver cannot possibly detract in that department. 
That's true. And, and I mean, with the Bucks getting more handsome, it, it's a good reminder that there, there's no reason for our listeners to not get a little more handsome as well. Not That's a single why, reason. Not a single damn one, Ty. That's why our friends at Harry's got you covered. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks and the Greek freak didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you or add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide, and a low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. Harry's is super convenient with blade refills that are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of the Chase Down can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover. Carter's absolute favorite. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Ty, we don't just have one sponsor for our audience. We, we got more. We this are the del- Blue Wire show. We bring all the important spawn con to our audience. We bring the heat. We are delivering more than that. And ShipStation is delivering everything that you need for the holidays. The holiday rush is coming, and if you still sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship your orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Or decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates. Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door, and delivered on time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation handle it all with ease. Use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Tie. Oh, it's titillating to see another master of the ad read at work. I've got to tell you. <laughs> As I lisp and slur and fumble <laughs> through there. Are, are you aware of the ad read podcast, Ty? I've, I've, I've seen things about it, but I'm not really aware of it. What is this? Okay, so Kendon, who 
is one of my favorite. As I was coming up in Cavs Twitter, uh, he was involved with the site I go hard now. Uh, he, he's got this podcast that was inspired by the chase down and our quote unquote surreal ad reads. And he just makes fake ad reads and Ooh. they all progressively kind of tell a story. So if you're checking it out, you probably want to go to the beginning, but it just gets weirder and weirder. There's stuff about worshiping the sun God and, um, irradiated nuclear wastelands it's it's pretty weird i love this it sounds like it's gonna be like the most listened to podcast of 2019 because i feel like that's <laughs> like if you can find if you can be the first one to nail down a great like parody or satire of a very relatable thing i feel like that's just money that's just guaranteed money <laughs> that's chris middleton's contract it, it's so creative it, it's like if weird celtics twitter was actually creative and funny Ooh. um Shots fired because I haven't pissed off Boston fans enough today. <laughs> Speaking of Boston and, and the rest of the Eastern Conference, though, um, looking around, do you still kind of feel that it's just Bucks and Sixers and, and everyone else is kind of just playing for third? Or do you feel like there's anyone that actually is kind of standing out early in the season? Uh, Toronto looks good, but I, I just I don't know if they're going to be good enough to keep up. Uh, I think Boston is still definitely a step behind. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to see Miami. Miami is interesting. I was high on Miami before the season. They haven't played with Jimmy Butler yet. He's got a, a kid now. Is the kid's name really Riley? Yeah. <laughs> and then they showed the picture of Jimmy shaking hands with Pat Riley at the article. That's that's crazy. All right, that's all in on heat culture, I guess. That um, that's that's really something. I mean, it worked for Dion Waiters. If you if you want to give your child a name that screams. Not going to be successful this century, <laughs> Riley. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a wild thing to have happen for, uh, for Jimmy Butler. But anyway, uh, Miami's look good, though. Uh, Tyler Harrell can actually play. Draft Twitter is going to be incensed that this kid is good because his short T-Rex arms had everyone writing him off. But he's, he's looked pretty good. And Kendrick Nunn is, is like a real player. I, I know we're, we're now comparing his first three games to Dwayne Wade's first three games because that's informative and, and useful information. Right, right. Um, that's, that just means he's going to be three times better than Dwayne Wade is what I learned. So Miami's really, really got something special. But they just have a lot of good players. I think they're still probably one trade away, but they have the assets and the salaries especially to make it happen. Like Buck's Twitter keeps sort of regurgitating this stupid debate about getting Chris Ball. Like, this Bucks really don't have any way just in terms of salaries to make it work. But Miami, like, so easily does. Like, James Johnson and Goran Dragic, and you're done. And it makes sense for both sides. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, although Dragic has been good early. But they just – they have some good pieces, and, and it's early. And I don't, I don't think Kendrick Nunn is, like, a 27-point-per-game scorer all year, but I guess we'll see. Um, and Jimmy Butler is there. He's, he's the kind of guy who can kind of swing a playoff series, although – just probably not quite on the level of Giannis and Joel Embiid. I don't think he's really there, but he's mm-hmm. he's pretty damn close. So they would probably. I mean, be he he almost time. he almost single handedly beat Toronto if yeah. Embiid wasn't literally and figuratively shitting his pants the whole playoff <laughs> yes. series. Yeah, he did come close, and I think that's kind of why. Like, I'm I'm actually I'm gonna regret saying this. I'm almost positive, but I'm not as worried about the Sixers just because I don't. I don't know how, like in a close playoff series, that they're going conti- to like constantly generate offense. Like they have these good players, but you don't give Al Horford the ball and say, "Go get me a bucket." Like Ben Simmons has kind of an off and on, and how good he's been and how dominant he's been in the playoffs. Tobias Harris just like disappeared for almost all of last postseason. I think people forget that. 
Josh Richardson is fine, but he's not, you know, one of those guys. And then you just, you have Embiid and it's like, all right, this guy has always had trouble playing a full season, playing a full postseason. Now you're going to give him more responsibility and hope he can play more minutes at the same time and, and continue to be as good on both ends. And he's, and he works his ass off on defense too. I just, they have some things they need to figure out. And I think Embiid clearly their most important player last postseason, but like Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, two of the top three or four guys and, and they're both gone. And, and I don't know, they're, they're interesting to me. They're, Started off good in the regular season, which doesn't surprise me, but they've got some questions. But Miami and, and Toronto, if, if Siakam is this good, Toronto's going to be an issue too because they always yeah, – they they're good. Siakam's learning that in order to put up the Giannis numbers offensively, it's pretty tough to keep defense going at the same level. And I, I'm kind of interested to see if at some point he says, eh, you know, instead of trying to be a 35-point-per-game guy, why don't I go down to, like, 24 and start playing defense again? Uh, but he has been really, really impressive. Um, it, it was funny. I I got a lot of hate. Yeah, and I'm no, I know you're going to be surprised about this, but um, I proposed a Tobias Harris for Kyle Lowry swap. And Raptors Twitter was not happy with me trading their under six five or six foot thirty five year old point guard. They they were not a fan of that. I don't know if I'd do it if I was the Raptors. Man, I I like Tobias Harris. I mean, so here you know why they really won't do it though. Well, I'm going to tell you exactly why, and and that's why. Exactly, I was about to say I'm going to swing you over to this side. They didn't want it because it was going to hurt their ability to add Giannis. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're, they're the only team I'm worried about. Which, I, I mean, here's the thing. Tobias Harris, if there's one thing we know about him throughout his career, even with his contract, is that it's very, very easy to trade Tobias Harris. Hell, even your Milwaukee Bucks did it. Terrible um, trade. That, that is the most frequently traded guy I have ever seen. Every single team loves him, but he ends up getting moved. And <laughs> so even if Giannis is giving you the, the inkling, hey, I might uh, want to sign there, this usually happens a month or so before free agency, if not sooner. You can make adjustments. You can move Tobias Harris. You can do – there's a whole bunch of things you can do, and – I, I, I don't really get the argument. I think Toronto could benefit from another big wing. Fred Van Fleet looks ready to kind of take over there. And also, I just don't understand this loyalty with Kyle Lowry. When the guy showed up last season with Kawhi there and basically pouted for four months, they tried desperately to trade him at the deadline. He They couldn't find a taker. They couldn't swap him for Mike Conley. So Masai had a talk with Lowry, and they decided to put their differences aside and just try for the rest of the year. Then he threatened to hold out coming into this season, hold out or demand a trade if he didn't get an extension. I don't know why they romanticized the, the relationship with this guy. I think it's maybe because they had to make DeMar a villain. Yeah, that's part of it. It, it sure would have been nice if they had swapped him for somebody or if he just stopped coming to games at some point. That would have been nice for my bucks, but – yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I still I like Kyle Lowry. I mean, I think Kyle Lowry is very good still. I, I don't know f- for how much longer he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But, no, they, they, they are – I mean, I mentioned that they're, they're the one team that I think I could really see winning Giannis. I mean, there's the Maasai connection. Uh, they're proven to be good. Um, they're, the one, they're one of the few teams, I feel like, where – and I think this is kind of a sneaky, underrated thing. Like, the executive actually has, like, carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wants to do. Like – 
I don't know how many teams that are similar to Toronto and like market and everything that could really get away with trading DeMar DeRozan, who's like the one draft pick who stayed voluntarily and breaking all these records and everything else, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a harder thing to do than I think people recognize to trade someone like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know that they, they terrify the hell out of me. And Siakam is good. And Siakam and Giannis together on the wing makes a whole lot of sense and would be terrifying for other teams. I don't think it's quite as good as Paul George Kawhi, but it, it honestly might be. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. Just like the, their help defense would be just phenomenal. Those guys are long. I, I don't know. I don't, They're also I don't probably going to be healthier too. Yeah, that's the big thing. And, yeah, and okay. they're a little bit younger as well. So I, I think you'd factor that in. I, I'm not, I was not expecting you to entertain this. I, oh, I've, I've been in it. I mean, listen, I'm not going to be unrealistic. I still think he stays. I truly do. But, I mean, there's a chance he doesn't. Look around the league, it's, not, it's rare for guys to stay. Brad Beal stayed. Good for him. We'll see how, long, how much longer he stays for. Uh, but, you know, guys leave sometimes, and, and I get it. I sort of understand. I think Giannis has been very clear with his positioning throughout. There's, like, a new controversial story, quote-unquote controversial, every few months where it's like, Giannis says if the Bucks suck, he's going to leave. And everyone's like, yeah, duh, of course. Like, who would stay? <laughs> I mean – that's 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 of course that's all he wants to do is win. He's very loyal. How fired up do you get by the Giannis leaving stories? Because I got I got mad on your behalf, and I know I'm typically the one that trolls you always, over the box. Always the one. <laughs> I'm always the one that gets you fired up. I, I know the pressure points, and I hate podcast high being a little more reasonable. But I was getting fired up the other day um, when the jump had that segment about Giannis leaving. Oh, I can't and, watch Rachel Nichols. No offense to Rachel Nichols. I can't watch the shows right now. I just, I'm, I'm out of those for the next two years. It's always tough, especially, I, I think I liked it better at a, in an hour format. When you get to the half hour and you're cycling through things, I think it becomes watered down takes. Um, but it got me so fired up. And then I believe it was Jared Dubin that jumped in. Well, what do you expect? Giannis is available oh, yeah. within 12 months. And I said, no, he's, he's got two years left on his contract. And then I, I get the, well, in the modern NBA, you know, players uh, essentially become free agent the year before they are free agent. And why does that have to be the case? That That is not the case. Teams aren't obligated to move them at that point. And I hate that we're rushing those conversations up. And I want to see how much it drives you insane that those conversations are being rushed. It does. It's ridiculous. I wonder how many people who watch the shows actually think he is a free agent this summer. Because I feel like even if if they kind of say it early, like I think that just gets lost a lot of the time. Like there's an entirely plausible scenario where let's say the Bucks do come up short this year and they lose to the Sixers in the conference finals or the second round, however the season shakes out. Like they don't go to the finals, which is supposedly Giannis's goal because someone close to Giannis's camp said that to ESPN's Malika Andrews last year that he wants to go to the finals or else things will change, whatever else. Right. Giannis could at that very moment go, you know what? Maybe I should see what's out there. Maybe this isn't the place. And then the Bucks could retool that summer and go to the finals, maybe even win the finals the next year. And then they could have the leg up again. Like the reason that this kind of reporting bothers me. And I remember I actually was tweeting back and forth with Carter, kind of arguing with Carter. Shout out Carter. I, I'm glad we haven't argued since then, I don't think. But about the KD <laughs> situation. Because KD is frustrated. Not, KD was kind of acting like a, a whiny baby a little bit. But I did say, like, my point was I get where KD is coming from. Because maybe he had made the decision by then. Who knows? Maybe he knew Brooklyn with Kyrie all the way. He couldn't tell you if he did. And, like, there's so much time for people's minds to change. If you keep talking about it now, like, it literally means nothing. 
I doubt Giannis has his mind made up. Knowing Giannis, I doubt, I truly don't think he's thinking about this. So you're just like, you're asking him these questions over and over that literally he's not allowed to talk about. Like, I think like the Bucks got fined for saying they would offer him a Supermax this summer because you're legally not allowed to do that. So, Which so, is hilarious. That's yeah. so fun. Like, it's, come on. But anyway, it's, it's in the CBA. I've, I've seen the section. Um, but <laughs> It's like, I don't know why, but it's, it's there. Um, the, rap, the, the Clippers could send Steve Ballmer to every single Raptors game, but the Bucks can't say they want to sign their own player. Yeah. To an extension, not even to a new deal, whatever. It's not worth it. I mean, it's rich people money. It doesn't really matter. But um, it's just like it's, 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 you're asking questions that cannot have a, a productive answer. Like they, they just no one knows yet. But it's whatever. I mean, that's the news cycle being how it is. And I think a lot of people are more interested in roster moves than actual basketball, which is kind of sad. But I'm kind of hoping that that swings the other way this season because, I mean, I know a lot of people have mentioned, like, the, the winner's not as obvious. Like, the Warriors are, are not the Warriors anymore. And I just think we, there's less cogs to move. I mean, like, Giannis is the big one. He cannot move until at least, like, the summer of 2021. There's not that many other guys that are really available. So I'm hoping that the stories become more about news and less just constant Giannis speculation. But we'll, we'll see if that optimism is, is foolish. Yeah, I, I think as teams start to take form and you realize who the real contenders are, who's kind of a, maybe a piece away. Remember when teams used to be a piece away? That, that yeah, was so great. And, 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 and by a piece, it's not like Anthony Davis away. It's like a, a nice wing player away. Right, exactly. You can make little adjustments, maybe even adding an all-star. Um like in, instead of a superstar, like that, that used to be a thing. And I think that's going to be a thing again. And I'm really interested to see what the, uh, the trade deadline ends up looking like and all that. And I, I know that's obsessing about the transaction, but that's more about co- completing the, the existing rosters that are out there. Um, I, I do think that just with so many teams kind of being in the mix, it, the conversation has to shift to basketball because I, I think even the people talking about it, I've heard Brian Windhorst express this and, and other guys, they're, they're sick of it. They, they're they're yeah. sick of the speculation. There's so much to discuss, and I think we're going to get back to that. Uh, speaking of all the contenders out there, so we kind of covered the Eastern Conference. I want your early read on the West. Again, we're only a weekend. It's really, 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 really damn early. Um, we're dealing with a lot of small sample sizes. The Cavs still have a top 15 defense. Um, uh, what, what's, who's kind of stood out to you in the West as, okay, you know, the, these guys, they, they're really legit. So I think the West to me right now is super fun because like, I, I had a pretty good idea. I, I, I clearly didn't, but I thought I had a pretty good idea of like who would make the playoffs out West. And there's a couple of teams that I was just like, no, they're going to stink. Like they're not a factor at all that and you said it, it is quite early, but there's a couple of teams that have looked like, okay, they might actually be good. Like they might be a playoff team, Minnesota, the most shocking, I think, because Carl Towns just decided he's the best center in basketball now and no one can tell him otherwise. Um, so like the, the Timberwolves are three and oh, that's super interesting with some good, good wins in there. Yeah. Um, now I'm looking at it, and, and Dallas has looked better than I thought Dallas would look. Phoenix has been chippy, which is cool, but now you look at it like, who's going to go out? And, of course, the Lakers are going to be in the playoffs. We all knew that. I think that's still probably the case unless they have an injury, which is possible, but you know, never you never wish for that. But I think now the interesting thing for me is, like, who's going to miss that we didn't think was going to miss? Because there's got to be a couple teams that do. 
And I mean, should we have the Golden State conversation? Like, do you have champagne with you? Like, are you, are you prepared <laughs> for this? This is probably a celebration for you, but it's, I mean, not just because they're one and two. I mean, that's obviously doesn't, that part doesn't matter. They have looked bad and there are a lot of other teams in the West that have looked good. And this should be concerning to you if you're a Warriors fan. I mean, it's encouraging for me um, because we had a real scrutinized coaching hire in John Balin and things seem to be meshing really well early on. Uh, the early returns are good. Uh, teams will eventually have film. They'll make adjustments and stuff like that. Um, but this Steve Kerr guy, his first year actually acting as a head coach, um, I, I think there's going to be some growing pains, and I'm interested to see what he does there. I'm interested to see if Steph can elevate teammates instead of just front running. Uh, there, there's a lot there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, man, no, it's <sighs> – I mean, there, there's a whole lot of things that go into there. I, we, we saw last year how painful it can be when you're relying on Marquise Chris and Alec Burks to play meaningful minutes. And yeah. you know what? They're human. And I, I think um, they, there is some valid criticism to be had for Steve Kerr and how he adjusts throughout this year uh, is going to be interesting. I mean, he's talked about how he doesn't want to run just high pick and roll with Steph because he doesn't feel like that's sustainable um, for playoff basketball. Which is confusing to me because in the past, uh, even last season, um, they had one style in mind for the regular season and another for playoffs. And I understand why you don't necessarily want to go the the Harden-Houston route, but if it's going to win you games now and go to the playoffs, why do you not feel comfortable that you can be flexible and that you can adjust and, and change your schemes as the season progresses? To me, it's just a little short-sighted, and I'm honestly a little surprised that – that that is his mentality. Yeah, I've always there's always been the the kind of Kirk confusion, and I think he's gonna have to mix things up a lot. I mean, I think Steph's gonna have to play more like the sort of typical ball dominant guy because someone has to be taking shots. And I mean, I'm sorry, you can't like Draymond Green and Marquise Chris are not gonna be like a plus like shot takers <laughs> this season. They're not. They're not gonna be a. They're probably not even gonna be b shot takers. Hot take. Um, scorching hot Marquise Chris takes right here. And what's interesting about the Warriors is their schedule is about to get hard. So they get Phoenix next, Phoenix without Aiden, which is whatever. And then they have a back-to-back to start off November with the Spurs, who are 3-0, of course. No one talks. No one cares. Like, everyone right. everyone just expects this. Yeah, they're 3-0. They're going to win 50 games and probably lose in the first, maybe the second round. But still, like, it's, it's just what they do. And, and they have young talent now again, which is like, First, how? Like, they never miss the playoffs. How does this keep happening? And whatever. <laughs> the Spurs are the Spurs. But just just to note, just, just so the ones, I don't know how many Spurs fans listen to the chase down, but we, we do know what your team is doing, but we're just so used to it that it's not worth, like, exclaiming about. Like, mm-hmm. the Timberwolves are Plus, plus we, we would sound dumb if we went into detail about your team. So consider this a yeah, favor to yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. 100% true. Um, but after the, they get the Spurs and the, the Hornets on a back-to-back, which is obviously easy. Then they get Portland at home at Houston, back-to-back at Minnesota, at Oklahoma City, then Utah at home, then at the Lakers, then versus Boston at home, and then they get the Pelicans, which is nice and easy. But that's going to be a brutal stretch. And the, the thing about the Warriors that I think is the most shocking to me is, like, Steve Kerr and Draymond Green are just, like, whining about how bad they are. And they've mm-hmm. they kind of been doing that since before the season started. They're kind of still doing that. They, they enjoyed their lone win against the Pelicans who cannot guard anything. But it's like... 
I feel like you should probably wait until you actually lose a game to complain about how bad you are. And then I don't know if like the best thing to do after you do lose those games is to complain more about how bad you are and how much this sucks. Like, I don't know. I, I certainly, I think warriors entitlement has become a term people use. And I think we kind of saw it early on and, and we might continue to see it. Like this team is actually stunned that it's not good anymore. And it's kind of annoying for like fans of most other normal non-dynasty teams to see like this happens sometimes. You guys get used to it. Yeah, you know what? Um, you aren't going to be saved from your own mistakes every single year because let us not forget they really wanted to max Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard turned them down to go to Houston, and their plan B was Andre Iguodala. And if they max Dwight Howard, one, not great, Bob. Two, <laughs> they would not have had the room for Kevin Durant. Um, they also tried to trade Draymond Green and Harrison Barnes or maybe Clay Thompson, but they deny that for Kevin Love, and that would have changed things. I, I mean, they, they have not been flawless, and they've kind of been saved from themselves a few times, and I mean, it, it's kind of nice to see them taken down to earth and them having to admit that they don't necessarily have the golden touch. I mean, my, my petty ass sure loves it. Absolutely. <laughs> See, I like the Warriors. I, I like Steph Curry. I genuinely do. I, I hope it's not this miserable all year, but it is. I, I don't there think, is a I don't think it'll be this bad, but no, it, it, I don't think it can be, but that would, that would sure be something, but they do. I, I mean, all this being said about how we think they're better than they looked is at least through the first two games. And that Thunder game was just miserable, but I do think they're going to have to work really, really, really hard to make the playoffs at this point. And it's not, it's definitely not guaranteed with the way a lot of these, this, this Western conference is wild, man. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes winning is hard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you actually have to go out there and earn it. And uh, to me, it's it's sweet that they have to actually go out there and earn. I, I want to see what Steph does. I mean, this is a far from ideal situation. I want to see how he rises to the opportunity. I don't think it necessarily should take away what he did with actual talent around him. But at the same time, um, I, I mean, you look at the narratives that Warriors fans have had over the last few years. And, oh, even going back to LeBron in 2015, trying to make the most of Delhi basically near death and and, and Shump with a sprained groin and, and JR with a broken shooting hand and, and all the other injuries that they had in that finals. Um my God. Like it it, it is a little bit of karma and I, I'm all for some karma here. You did ask about contenders in the West. I think I've talked about Minnesota, Golden State, mentioned Dallas and Phoenix quickly. Those are just like the new teams that have excited me. True contenders, I, I, I said right before the season that the Clippers were the best team. I predicted them to beat the Bucs in the finals. I still think the Clippers are the best team in the NBA and, and certainly in the West. Do you agree or disagree with that take? Um, yeah, I think the Clippers are the best team at 100%. I am not confident that they're going to be at 100%. I picked the Lakers to uh, actually make mm. the finals. Um, I really do think that this Kawhi injury is going to be something that's nagging. Um, unfortunately, moving forward, um, we, we've heard a few kind of experts and people on his former teams and even current teams saying that this is not an issue that's ever going to go away. I think Paul George uh, obviously has some injury concerns with him having multiple shoulder surgeries. Um, I really want, I really, really want them to to be healthy because I I do like a lot of the players on that team. I really like Doc Rivers, like Ty Lue, 
uh, is the second best coach in LA. Um, I, I just, uh, I have a little bit of concerns about them. And I think even though the Lakers are a little limited in terms of assets, I think they're, they're going to be an attractive destination on the buyout market. I think, uh, you're, they're going to kind of work those back channels and, and find ways to add talent. And, uh, if they can do that, I mean, it's, it's really going to help that trio of uh, LeBron AD and Danny Green. Yeah, it would be remarkable, I think, if both fully healthy, the Lakers beat the Clippers in the series. I think it would say a lot about LeBron and about Anthony Davis, a little lesser extent. I think mostly LeBron, of course, because I just think, like, you can you can like those two guys more than Kawhi and Paul George. I think that's fine. That's, like, a fair take. I, I think I, – I, I don't know if I do personally, but I can see where you're coming from. But then you look at every other single thing about the franchise, the benches, their other starters, the coaching staffs, etc. The Clippers win everything else. And I don't think any of it is very close. Like they win everything else by a mile. Their auxiliary pieces around the two stars are just some of the best we've seen, like non-Big Four Warriors, like ever. Like they are right. deep. They are stacked. They know exactly how to play together already. The bench combo of Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell is just obscene. It, it just kills other benches. And it's just like they have such an advantage that way that I think even if like Kawhi's a little banged up but still playing, like if he's like tired, I still think they can win. But yeah, certainly I think health is going to be the biggest story in the West. I mean, LeBron just more of a mortal lately. And I, I obviously didn't get through last year uninjured, although he kind of just like took a vacation for the last part of the year. I think he was kind of healthy and just decided not to play anymore, which classic LeBron power move to just do that. Uh, and we'll see how Anthony Davis holds up as well. But I think both of those teams, unfortunately, health such a big concern, which sucks. It honestly sucks. I'd love to watch them go mm-hmm. at it fully healthy. But, hey, maybe maybe they both have a creek or two show and, and Denver sneaks up, maybe Utah. I mean, there's, some, there's a lot of good teams in this conference. Yeah. It, I mean, it'd be helpful for Utah if Mike Conley wasn't a living Oh, my God. Corpse. What is happening with this? Dude, it's cheeks. Ooh. He is buns, son. That That's is, bad. That is ugly, 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 ugly. Um, I I almost wish that we would have cut things off a little earlier when I asked you about contenders in the West and, and you just went full hipster with it because that, <laughs> that would have brought things full circle for a uh, man that knows how to pronounce Euro properly. There, there you go. That's a What a great way to, to tie it all up and let me know, like, hey, I'm done listening to you talk, just so you know this is the outro. That was a power move, and I appreciate that. That's LeBron-esque from Justin Rowan. You know what? That's what I do. I, I run the offense. I, I'm the floor general out here. And um, even though I'm telling you, hey, gave you the tap on the shoulder to let you know it's your turn to go back to the bench, I really do appreciate your contributions because you absolutely killed it, my friend. To all our listeners, make sure that you guys are going and checking out the Eurostep. If you know any Bucks fans, um, let them know about the podcast. Word of mouth really does help us grow. Remember, you can support the Eurostep as well as the Chase Down by leaving a rating, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. Cook them up. If you want to join Ty and myself in the Chase Down Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of your review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. For those that don't know, Discord is a fun little cast community where we talk about the games, uh, interact with all our listeners, you give us feedback on the podcast, mailbag questions, all that good stuff. Uh, So you'll want to check us out there. As I mentioned before, go to bluewirepods.com, check out the merchandise, get the Sexland shirt, Get your Eurostep shirt and mm. help support these podcasts and support us. Ty, thank you again so much. Thank you to our listeners. 
Until next time, go Cavs.